You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another terrific episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you are nostalgic about, the ones that you grew up watching, and we look at them objectively without the rose-colored glasses, let you know, do these movies hold up? Are they any good, or are you just nostalgic about them? This week we watched 2003's action comedy, Bad Boys Douay, or two. Why did we do this? Why did we do this? Well, the uh, the new one. The new one was coming out, Bad Boys for Life. And you've seen Bad Boys for Life, correct? I have. We'll get into my feelings on that maybe a little later in the show. But Bad Boys 2, you may be asking, well, <laughs> why wouldn't you just review the first Bad Boys if you're going to do this? And uh, fair question. Zach and I, when we discussed this idea, came to the conclusion that we have watched Bad Boys 2 a considerable amount more than the first Bad Boys. I'd say... Uh, an embarrassing amount more <laughs> than the first Bad Boys. I think that in itself is more confusing than us deciding to do Bad Boys 2. Why have we seen Bad Boys 2 more than we've seen <laughs> Bad Boys 1? I don't know. It's a full 45 fucking minutes shorter. It makes It's a better film all around. I think we chose it because, well, as kids, I don't know what we were thinking. I think for the show, we thought this one could be a little more fun to, to revisit just because we have such fond memories of it. But the fact that we have fond memories about Bad Boys 2 says a lot, speaks volumes about our I mean, childhood, America, me and you as people. I think you're being a bit presumptive when you say I have fond memories over Bad Boys 2. I wouldn't say my memories are fond. Whoa. They are, they are, mo there's more of them. There's certainly more memories. Plentiful? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, I, I, you know what? This is a movie and I guess we'll just dive into how we felt about it. But this is a movie that even back when it first came out, this is, I think, when I started to notice like Michael Bay is a little crazy. Because <laughs> it's just, it is the most Michael Bay movie maybe ever. <laughs> it is, it's batshit. Now, did you catch this on DVD or did you see this when it aired many times in the, the you know, cable reruns? Oh, HBO all the way, man. I must have seen this movie on HBO like, tw like at least 10 times. And I... I don't know why every time, every time it was on, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Bad Boys 2. I don't get it. This is a movie that has befuddled me for my entire life but, since it came out. I don't understand. You know what's crazy is that two and a half hours long, if you added up all the times you've probably sat through this movie, it would legit equal probably a day of your life spent watching Bad Boys 2. I've, I've probably spent an entire day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> watching bad when you get boys to hell too. the first thing satan's gonna say it's like any days you regret i only have a limited amount of days in this life and i've spent at least one of them watching bad boys too <laughs> i similarly watched it a shit ton this was one of the first movies though i watched on dvd in high definition or what i thought was i was still watching it on a standard def Ooh. tv but at the time i was like holy shit look how crisp this is dvds changed my mind at the two disc though i remember watching all the special features and the making ofs this is when i was getting interested in uh movie making itself well, I, wait a minute are you telling me that bad boys 2 I'm, nope I'm nope shut your mouth Michael shut your Bay. mouth are, are you <laughs> telling me bad boys 2 was it an inspiration to you as an aspiring <laughs> filmmaker brandon 
I did not say that. I said this was around the time I was getting interested in movie making. Therefore, the surplus of bonus features on this two-disc special edition DVD digital video disc, it was very, you know, I wouldn't say educational, but entertaining for me as a film buff in the making. Brandon. Brandon. Nostalgia be damn listeners. You heard it here first. <laughs> Bad Boys 2. An inspiration to Brandon. Shut up, dude. I hate you so much. Listen, let's get into the background of this movie anyway, because it is, it is of course, directed by Michael Bay. This is our second Bay film after Armageddon, right? Yep. So he started off his career 25 years ago with Bad Boys. That was his first movie. That was followed up with The Rock, which, Zach, I watched that about two weeks ago because a buddy of mine hadn't seen it. Dude, holds up. that's probably not only his best movie, it fucking holds up. It's a good action movie. It's, it's really you know solid. what? The Rock is a good movie. I, I, I hate to admit <laughs> it. It. It, just, it just is. Genuinely solid action movie. Ed Harris, badass. Uh, he also directed Pearl Harbor, The Island, Transformers 1 through 5, Pain and Gain, 13 Hours, and most recently, Zach's favorite movie of 2019, Six Underground. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. I can't wait until that movie's 10 years old and we can come back and revisit it. Yeah, dude. Uh. I, I'm being sarcastic, by the way. That's <laughs> that's such a, such a stupid movie. It's like the dumbest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the first Bad Boys, not... The 1982 film of the same name starring Sean Penn, which I've never seen. Fact, don't roll your eyes. I'm trying to spew facts, trivia, letting people know the game. I'm not <laughs> rolling my eyes at you. I'm trying to figure out why any movie with Sean Penn is titled Bad Boys. Yeah, that's pre-cops, because, of course, the uh, theme song to the popular show. By the way, <laughs> this is just a, a small little tangent here. What are your thoughts on Cops, the show? I love Cops, the show, man. That is, like... <laughs> That is a show that I unabashedly, like, every time it's on, I'm like, holy shit. This show's so good. I just, like, I don't I don't care if it's scripted. I don't care. Like, I just, I, it's the things that they get on camera, man. Yeah. Many a <sighs> Sunday afternoon I spent with my show. dad, who's obsessed with cops, just, you know, reveling in the... The crumbling of human society, you know? It really is the worst of us, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel good about liking cops, but uh, cops the show, not cops the people. I'm not trying to get political here, Brandon. <laughs> okay, good, um, thank God. Yeah, I mean, I could. Do you want no, me to? No, dude, don't do it. No, let me go ahead and do it. <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, uh, no, but yeah, that, that theme song, you couldn't escape it in the 90s, and cops really blew up. It was really, honestly, maybe the first representation of sort of a live reality TV show that I can really remember getting behind. I, of course, then fell into Survivor when that was the late 90s, I think 99, 2000, or whatever. I uh, got into that for a little bit, but really, cops was my introduction to reality TV. And tangent over, we can get back to bad boys. But anyway, the, the first bad boys... Cost $19 million to make it, earned a whopping $141 million at the worldwide box office. So, why didn't a sequel happen immediately? Because first one, 1995. Well, basically what happened is Will Smith became the one of, if not the most bankable movie star in the world in the late 90s and early 2000s. Martin Lawrence proved to be kind of a box office draw with a series of fairly successful comedies like Life and Blue Streak and Big Mama's House. So when the stars aligned in 2003 for this sequel, the budget ballooned to $130 million. The first one cost $14 million, second one $130 million. It earned $138 million in the U.S. and $273 million worldwide. It's genuinely crazy how it could pull in that much money 
off of a sequel and we didn't immediately have bad boys every year. It's honestly, it's the opposite of how Hollywood generally works. We should be on bad boys like 18 right now. I can't even really say it. Michael Bay and restraint in the same sentence, but the few times the studio showed restraint, I think that was just back in back in the day they weren't obsessed with trying to franchise every single movie that came out. Typically, only greenlight these sequel when there was a story that made sense, or it, it didn't seem like a rush to number two. Bay wanted to preserve the uh, sanctity of the franchise. Just didn't, you know, we we can't mess with a good thing, and we just know that he's not the kind of guy who's just gonna superfluously make sequels and you know what we we do we only did what six transformer movies uh maybe was it five there was after i don't know brandon you think i know how many transformers i gotta check hang on let me check my arm because i get a tattoo no oh you get a tattoo every time time a transformer (laughs) well let me ask you a question i know he's not technically the director but did you get extra tattoos for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because those are essentially Transformers. No, however, I did get a tramp stamp for Bumblebee when that came out. Mm, mm, (laughs) I don't mm. like that noise. Uh, (laughs) Nevertheless, Bad Boys for Life currently has surpassed both of those movies. It's made over $300 million worldwide, so... Still some uh, some steam in the engine there, Zach. Some gas in the tank. Haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's, you know, I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) a fourth is greenlit and will be in production very soon. Yeah. So, Bad Boys 2 finished number 11 for the year of 2003 in the States. That year, by the way, was stacked with action franchises. In just the top 10 for that year alone, we had Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, previous NBD episode, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, of course, the start of that franchise, Matrix Reloaded, X2, X-Men United, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and Matrix Revolutions. I keep forgetting that those, both of those movies came out the same year and how dumb that is. <laughs> Isn't it so stupid? And there was like no reason to. So dumb. I can't we, wait till we get a new one, though. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed that's good. I just uh, like, I don't care. I don't, I'm genuinely very interested in seeing another one. So Bad Boys 2 was named the worst film of the year by Richard Roper. That's uh, Ebert's co-host at the time. The film was critically reviled, none so more than James I think it's Bertinelli of Real Views. I just have to, t- this is one line. It's one of the most scathing one-line reviews I've ever read. He wrote, Bad Boys 2 isn't just bad. It's a catastrophic violation of every aspect of cinema that I, as a film critic, hold dear. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. But it's not, all, it's not all bad news for our bad boy, Zach. The film was nominated for Best Action Sequence for the uh, Freeway Pursuit, and Best On-Screen Team MTV Movie Awards, <laughs> but it did lose to Lord of the Rings and 51st States, respectively. Wait, and 51st States? Yeah, that one won Best On-Screen Team. Over Lord of the Rings? Uh, Lord of the Rings won Best Action Sequence. Why wouldn't Sam and Frodo win Best Team? You know what? Fuck it. Forget it. I'm not going to get into <laughs> why I think Lord of the Re- the Return of the King deserves more... MTV Movie Awards than 51st Dates. I'm not going to get into this. Uh, A video game version of the film known as Bad Boys Miami Takedown in North America was released in 2004 on PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and Windows. Got horrible reviews. No. (laughs) And uh, lastly, the soundtrack for this film hit number one on the Billboard 200, eventually becoming certified platinum largely because of the hit song... What is it, Zach? What? I don't... 
Shake Your Tail Feather, Oh, the bra. Nelly song. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, Nelly? The Nelly song that plays not once, twice, three times, but four times in this film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what? How could I have forgotten? <laughs> Literally, how could you have forgotten? Maybe in the two and a half hours it got lost in the shuffle, but oh, boy. Brandon, did you... Uh, did you reveal the Rotten Tomato scores of this movie? Uh, no, I have not yet. Please do so. Oh my God, Brandon, a 23 on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 78 with audiences. Whoa, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, man, it's got a 6.3 on IMDb. A 6.3 on IMDb? I like. Yep, a 23%. The first one's got a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.9 on IMDb. You don't rarely see that kind of discrepancy in Rotten Tomatoes scores unless it's like Venom. Uh, all right. Do you want to get into this? Look, up front here. Tom Hardy's so bad in <laughs> What Venom. are you doing here? What is this? Are you excited for the sequel? Andy Serkis is directing it, dude. No. Get the fuck away from what? I don't He care. brought us that Mowgli Jungle Book movie that I forgot every frame of. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, great. I'll, re- I'll fondly remember. The, I don't know why people think I'm interested in seeing a movie directed by Gollum. <laughs> The Lord of the Rings is a better franchise than anything. Caesar, dude. He's also Caesar. Yeah, he is Caesar. Those are good Those movies. are great movies. I like Matt, I like Matt Reeves. I like Edward, uh, uh, Team Edward, whatever. Edward what? Cullen, Robert Pattinson as Batman. They just Robert released Pattinson. the photo today as of recording of him as Batman. I'm actually excited for that movie. Could be fun. I don't want to get it. You know what? Yeah, it could be. Edward Pattinson's such a good actor. <laughs> I hope we're not watching this years in the future or reading this or what is it? What do you do with this podcast? This you is listen to it. Listen, That's it. You listen to it. Yeah, no, this is going to be embarrassing when that movie flops. I mean, it's got all the makings of a disaster. I, I just want to be upfront though. We did watch this weeks ago when we first tried to record this episode when my computer literally committed suicide in front of my very eyes. Yeah, Brandon's <laughs> computer. It was funny. We got on to record and Brandon's computer died. It stopped working. I've never seen it like... I I think it was a sign it might as to well. be like, you guys need to stop what you're doing with this show. It might, yeah, it's like, you guys really want to do this? And then I've been traveling like for weeks, so we apologize for the lateness, uh, but you know, the, it wouldn't be nostalgia be damned if we weren't <laughs> several weeks behind our <laughs> schedule. <laughs> no worries. We're back, baby. We'll see. Let's go. Yeah, you so we go. So Bad Boys yeah, Probably not. This is probably the end, right? This is the <laughs> this last is episode. This is 100% the last episode. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, so in classic 2003 intro uh, fashion, we get this effects-heavy, like, fucking rave music. We're in an ecstasy lab in Amsterdam. Then we flash to Miami. We're jumping all over the globe, all to introduce us to Johnny Tapia, the villain of this film. He's waiting on his product. It's $150 million worth of some pre- premium ecstasy, right? That's what he deals in. Drugs. He's hidden it in coffins and thrown it in the ocean. Because Coke's too easy. Bay's a good director, man. He's he's a visionary. <laughs> like Coke. <laughs> Fuck that. That's stupid. You skipped over the the worst part of this movie that's like the very first second if you watch it on Netflix when it pops up and shows you the timeline, and this is a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough watch. It's a long watch. I've I've never been like bored with a movie the second it turns on <laughs> uh, than seen two and a half hours like you've got two and a half hours of this like i was instantly like i don't want to do yeah, this anymore. and around two hours you really feel like oh shit like this is wrapping up this movie's done wait what the fuck oh we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> I, I was gonna say that last half hour is 
I sent you a text. We talked about this one already. We'll get into it. It's oh my god. So right when the words directed by Michael Bay are flashed on screen, a fucking cross in the background is lit on fire at a KKK rally. And uh we get our heroes, Marcus and Mike, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, they're undercover under sheets impersonating clans members. Yeah. Um I like what what do you want to say about this opening scene, Brandon? <laughs> Like, we start off at a clan. We start off with shipping ecstasy because ecstasy's fucking dope. Ecstasy's a party drug. It's so cool, dude. Yeah, it's the coolest drug. And then we go immediately to a clan rally with Michael Shannon. I just. Oh my gosh. Why is Michael Shannon in this movie? Why Michael Shannon <laughs> popped up in some, you know, awful movies right around this time. This is this is the same year as, as Kangaroo Jack. Zach, we talked about him in that episode as well. I mean, yeah, he's let's face <laughs> he it, was, Michael Shannon hit a rough that? patch and well, like Yeah, what's that Shawshank Redemption quote? Yeah, I had to crawl through a, a mile of shit to get out clean on the other side. He really put in his dues. And look, he came out a free man, but like <laughs> he crawled through a lot of shit. That he did. That he did. <laughs> Yikes, man. I mean, like, he's he's a cartoon in this movie. <laughs> so Marcus, he's taken hostage by this redneck who loves the N-word. Wow, we are really not going to be subtle or, or try to restrain that. Good God. Mike escalates the situation. He kills a bunch of clan members. He, in doing so, grazes Marcus's ass cheek with a bullet. And ultimately, this whole thing is a bust because, what, they, they, they obtain two bags of ecstasy or something like that? There's, like, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of manpower and technology that's employed to, to make this sting operation go down. And they get two bags of ecstasy at a Klan rally. It's just like, what are we doing here? Why? Are we, yeah, again, why is this scene a thing? I Like, he really just, he was kind of doing the Django Unchained thing where, like, the concept of just, like, now nah, we're going to have black guys kill a bunch of KKK members. It's going to be fucking sweet normally i'm on board with that idea but like it just doesn't it's such a weird start to this movie well it is because then then you find out that there's not only johnny tapia there's also who's there's also like the russian mafia with peter stormare there's also haitian drug lords and the clan are somehow all involved in this ecstasy like what the fuck is happening make it a cooler drug than ecstasy like people don't yeah, give make a it fuck. fucking snake venom or some shit if you you're gonna make go ecstasy in your you can make ecstasy in your kitchen i don't fucking Wait, you can probably fine all right I will. jesus I fuck ah <sighs> sorry about that listeners yeah this is the end of nostalgia be damned we're done this is the end of the. <laughs> we, I am grateful for this little bit of uh, Peter Stormare. We get a, a a taste of him and his club, you know his his ecstasy operation. Lots of beautiful women gyrating around. It wouldn't be a Michael Bay movie without at least a solid fifteen minutes of screen time devoted to just ass shots. Dude, this I mean the first fifteen minutes of this movie are so fucking in hindsight Michael Bay, like it is ass shots, like very gratuitous shots of women having sex it is blue light lens flares and forced racial tension it's crazy and uh some guy winds up overdosing while people just continue to party all around him oh boy i like that anyway and they just fucking throw him out on the street we get introduced to dea agent sydney aka marcus's sister now marcus at this point he now has nerve damage his dick isn't working 
He's doing a whole lot of woo sighing. This this was also the same year as anger management that does. I think what's what's their mantra in that one that he keeps saying again and again. And Goose fraba. Thank you. That's what it kept reminding me of. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, he's he's working on trying to become a new spiritual person. He wa- he has plans to actually transfer to a new precinct, get a new partner because he's sick of Mike Mike Lowry being a piece of shit all the time. He's a cocky hothead who's always getting him into trouble. I, I, I can't remember if this chemistry was better in the first Bad Boys or not. It's been so long. But I do enjoy the chemistry in this movie. I just wish they weren't... They're on the brink of like killing each other the entire time. There's a scene that it's so far off in this movie, but the the scenes where they're actually getting along and being funny together are really when the strength of these two actors come out. You just don't really get to see it too much in this movie because they're constantly at each other's throat from the beginning. 100% agree with you. Yeah, I think a big failing of this movie is constantly having them bicker. I get that's largely the appeal is to watch these two mismatched cops, you know, duke it out. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's an odd couple. Of course. I get it. Yeah, classic, you know, trope. But but I, I feel like they're most fun, yeah, when they're clearly... When they're on the same page. Yes, exactly, on the same page. There's a scene later on in this movie where we can actually get into, I, I guess right now, because... Uh, Sid has been having an affair with Mike behind Marx's back. Neither of them have told him. And when this does, this piece of information finally comes out, like Mike the whole time has been trying to, you know, pussyfoot around it because he doesn't want to hurt his friend's feeling. And then when he does finally tell him, Marcus is really kind of chill about it. You can tell he's kind of pissed, but at the same time, he's not blowing up. And then Mike just starts losing it on him. Like, why are you being such an asshole? And it's like, well, he has, first of all, every right to, you know, feel upset and betrayed, but he's also not being an asshole. It's like sometimes these characterizations, I feel like Michael Bay's just using them to get to the next scene rather than a a coherent character arc or anything like that. I mean, I guess I guess we don't have to be the ones to sit here and tell you that Michael Bay isn't very good at humanizing his character. <laughs> For sure, but I think these two actors bring enough personality to their roles that they're at least entertaining to watch. I mean, they're they're superstars. They're fantastic, and I you you could probably speak to Bad Boys Three because I haven't seen it yet. Um, but when their chemistry is, I mean, they're good on camera together. They just are. By far the best best part of this movie is them two simply just kind of sh- shit-talking each other. Turns out Sid not only is having an affair with uh, Mike, but she's also undercover laundering money with this Russian gangster group, I believe. Because while transporting this money between the Russians and Tapia, Sid is suddenly attacked by this Haitian hitman gang, planning to, I guess, steal it. And Mike and Marcus sort of inadvertently stumble into the action, resulting in... One of the craziest fucking car chases I've ever seen in a movie. To this day, maybe the longest, most convoluted chase I think I've ever seen put to film. I dude, if you want to figure out why this why this movie is two and a half hours, these fucking car chases and action sequences, man, they're all I mean, like, listen, he's he I I I'll give him what he is. Sometimes when he uses practical effects and he's not relying on CGI robots, he can shoot a really good action sequence. He really can. He knows how to do it, but it just it goes on too long. He never knows when to call it quits. Not every action sequence has to be the car chase from Blues Brothers. You know what I mean? Like, ca- like calm down a little bit. It's okay if your movie's 90 minutes. And, and this is honestly, I think, a problem... I, don't, I wouldn't say our generation or the generation right before us caused, but I remember being a kid and watching a lot of action movies and thinking that the action sequences themselves were very short 
and condensed and you would go long stretches of a lot of plot, a lot of dialogue, and then we'd get to a small little action sequence. I always yearned, and again, I, I kind of regret this in hindsight, but I always wanted these action sequences to be longer. Like, why don't we, they make movies that's just action? And then we started to get a lot of those. Some of them are really fun movies like Crank and The Raid, and then it's just like wall-to-wall action. But also you get movies like this where it's like, it's not only the fact that it's overly long within the context of the movie, but it's also confusingly edited mm-hmm. to the point where I can't quite tell what's happening at, at, at certain points, like why cars are in certain spots. It, it, I feel like he gets enough coverage. He just needs a better edit. He doesn't come in with a... It, it seems like at times he doesn't really come in with an action plan. It's just like they film days and days and days of sequences and then just piece it together and it's not that this can't be done i mean you've seen movies like mad max that's a two-hour car chase that's all that fucking movie is and that's great yeah but like but they're storyboarding and they're planning out every single shot yeah and it's like all of its fluid exactly. or shots that last longer than you know two fucking seconds <laughs> everything has a purpose to it and this is just like all right in this scene this car blows up and it goes blah, and that's it and then 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 that car's gonna go blah, blah, and then that this guy's gonna fucking die and then that guy's gonna fucking jump out of the car blah, blah. like it's just it I, I mean, this movie it feels like being on cocaine. It's super saturated. The effects are needlessly flashy. Sometimes it'll literally just be like flashes of white light, like just to get us to a different transition within a scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I can't deny that I wasn't entertained by some of this. Like some of this is fucking wonderfully choreographed and like just insane action. Exactly. Like, but I, the boat, a boat gets involved at one point. They're using cars like roadblocks and sending them out of a fucking tractor trailer. Exactly. But but like you mentioned, just the the sheer length of it, it loses its impact. You know, I see all these cool shots that I, I, truly I admire. Like some some of the things that he gets are great, but it's buried underneath you know, the other 19 minutes of fucking just either nonsense or just the same shit I've been seeing for the last two hours. All of them wind up getting out clean and safe somehow. Sid also confesses to Marcus and Mike that she's an undercover DEA agent and what she's doing with the Russians and Tapia, which I honestly wouldn't have pictured happening until like the third act or something like that, but, you know, whatever. Oh, like her second scene. <laughs> it's revealed that she's an undercover agent. Her second <laughs> yeah. scene. Yeah, they set this all up. Like, one, she's got this secret about her and Mike, and then also that she's this undercover DEA. You think she's going to, because she's been so careful about keeping it from them. And then it's, no, all right, scene two, they know. All right. So 22 cars have been totaled. This, of course, enrages police captain Conrad Howard. Joey Pants, my guy, love this guy in almost every movie he's ever in. Joe Pantoliano. He's pretty funny as this captain, too. Again, very by the numbers, exactly what you picture a disgruntled, grizzled captain, police captain to be. You know, everything short of give me your gun and badge line. But he, he makes it his own, I guess. He's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't care. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's good. Head of the tactical narcotics team, he orders them to catch the ecstasy supplier. We get a bit more of Johnny Tappy and his life. He's literally hiding his money in the attic and rats are eating it. <laughs> he has so much money that rats are eating his stored gas. This is where they go to that like weird voodoo shop and they destroy everything in sight and they interview that guy Ice Pick, I think. This is the witness that gave him some shit info that led him to the clan bust. Yeah, you're, you'd be forgiven for forgetting which fucking faction of villains we're on because these are the haitians yes all right because this is where they're sent to a haitian hideout uh to try to find a guy or i don't fucking remember He's anyway. a, they're snitch who who gave yes, them the yes. tip off at the clan rally 
Um, and obviously that was kind of bad info because they only got two bags of ecstasy. So they're going back to squeeze them for a little bit. More. And it's a shootout Michael Bay style. We have this one amazing shot that if he had done once, maybe twice would have been like fucking awesome in a scene, but he goes back to it. So goddamn often it's a 360. Yeah. And I was going to say the that. camera does a 360 around him out through the other room. And then you see the other, you know, drug dealers trying to load up their weapons and shooting and shit. And it comes back into the same room with him and gets another circle. They do. They cut back to that same shot though. So often that it becomes like, Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. And again, we hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but the main problem with this scene, besides him using the same fucking shot over and over again, is that this shootout goes on for like 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. It's super long. There's like four there's four people involved. It's one fucking room. Like there's nothing actually going on. We're essentially watching people like if you break it down to what we're watching, we're watching people firing blanks for 10 minutes. It's just fucking boring. Yeah, because they they have no shot at each other. So it's it's at no point you really suspect anyone's getting hit. They do wind up eventually killing four people. <laughs> and, you know, after they were just told to chill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all so all the people, even the guy they needed to talk to, don't they accidentally kill him too? So they have they basically did this for nothing. Well, Marcus is super uh, distraught about all this. He's hyperventilating. So they the only thing they wind up pulling from here is I think is a, a camcorder, right? And they need to they get the memory card checked. So they go to a fucking Best Buy, like yeah, a video store, and we get like a Radio Shack oh, or something. Boy, this, that they just like don't ex- <laughs> this classic comedy bit, classic comedy bit of uh, misunderstandings. You know, you know what. Admit it, you laughed here, didn't you? I did. No, I did. I laughed, and I hate it because, like, because I I feel like if it was any other director, I'd be like, oh, this is pretty funny. But like, it's a Michael Bay movie, you know. It's just got like layers of like, like it's it's a little homophobic. It's a lot homophobic. But it, goddamn, yeah, it's it's a lot homophobic, and it's just like I, you know, I'm sure his heart was not really in a good place when he wrote this. But fucking Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are funny, man. I don't know what to tell you. They're funny people. Yeah. <laughs> like they're good at this. This is funny. <laughs> they're having a heart to heart in this uh, side room where all like like an enclosed room with all these TVs and whatnot. And what they don't know is that they're being recorded and broadcast to all the TVs throughout the Best Buy like store. And they're chatting about how Marcus's ass is in pain because of the obviously he got shot. But because they never used the word shot, he comes off saying stuff like, I, my ass still hurts from what you did to it last night. And he's, he's like, you ride me pretty hard. All this stuff that it's obviously led to make people believe that they're having sex. There's there's people in the store, like an, an obviously stereotypical like gay man's like, oh, he's like pouring his heart out to her. Then there's this other woman's like, yeah, you motherfuckers man, need it's... Jesus. <laughs> It's so not oh, cool yikes. anymore, man. It's just you can't get away with this kind of shit in fucking <laughs> 2020. But... But again, like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, like just pull it off, man. They're just kind of funny. <laughs> like it's, it's. I feel embarrassed laughing at it. Like you know, it's wrong. <laughs> this is a, a bit that's been done in a ton of movies before, um, and sometimes it works. And honestly, I, I kind of agree with you here. I did laugh at a few of the bits, and again, I think it's just because of <laughs> their delivery. You know, their chemistry. Let's move on before I feel too bad. Uh, they do find out the only real bit of uh, information they secure from that video is they determine that it's of a mortuary and they believe that that mortuary is then owned by Johnny Tapia. So they're not quite sure the connection or what's actually happening there, but now they're off to find out what that connection is. So disguised as pest exterminators, they plan to 
plant some wires inside Tapia's mansion. On their way in, though, the guy's like, why do you have all this shit? It's not bugs, it's rats. And, and Marcus, of course, you know, is afraid of rats. We get this, uh, hoof, magoof, magoof. The, uh, rats, the rats having sex? Rat yeah. sex. Yeah, rats having sex, missionary style. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it is, is missionary style. Yep. It, I, I, Zach, I, one, I paused, okay? I paused. I did the zoom feature. I... Wow. I think I'm convinced these are two real rats. Really? I don't think these are puppets. That's definitely not CG. I think these might be two rats, and I don't know what trickery they've how would done. They have, or, I, yeah, I, I how would they know, have... I don't know what's happened here. All I know is that those are either the most convincing fucking rats I've ever seen in my life, and I mean that both ways. I, I... Well, Brandon, guess where I was watching this? <laughs> oh, please tell me you were at the gym when rat sex came on. Yeah, of course I was at the fucking gym when the rat sex came on. <laughs> So I like had to like skip. I'm like I'm not fucking putting the like. So I tried very hard not to be looking at it because the second it came on my screen, I like looked around. I was like, "Who's like? Is anybody fucking watching?" Yeah, Martin Lawrence. Like they fuck just like us. There's all there's like, they cut back to it. It's not even just a one shot wonder. They cut back. to um, it. I mean, if if what you're saying is true, they used real sex. I'd have gone back to the shot too. Like I'd have been like, that's fucking amazing how we got that shot. That's the thing. Again, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And listeners out there tweet at us. Do you think the rats are real? What's the situation there? If the prop master for bad boys Two somehow stumbles upon this shitty podcast, I beg of you to please write us in nostalgia, be damn pod at gmail.com. Let me know about that rat sex. We have to find out. We have to find out. I, I'm Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be on a list, dude. Oh, I don't fight. You know what? So, again, another piece of fucking information. They somehow scrounge from this mansion. Mike grabs some shredded paper from a wastebasket. I was like, that's a really dumb thing to grab. Somehow they piece that back together, and that's like a big clue for them later on. Like, fuck, dude. Is this – wait, was that the part where they go back to the police station and immediately have a – racial uh tat-at-tat with the the two hispanic cops <laughs> yeah who i think aren't quite in the first or maybe they're returning characters from the first one or they're just like they they look identical to the same guy i can't remember their story in the first one but i feel like they're either a nod to previous characters or they are those characters but yeah they're constantly at odds with each other and they say some pretty un-pc shit yep oh were the rats real <laughs> Meanwhile, Johnny Tapia is strong-arming uh, Russian Peter Stormare into signing over ownership of all of his clubs and the Ecstasy Manufacturing so he can run it all. There's this cool little bit where there's like a barrel of his partner. He's like, where's my partner? And they bring out a barrel, <laughs> cut up body parts and shit in there. Yeah. Michael Bay, it's such a weird, crass, like vulgar, I wouldn't even say humor. It, it Like the plot to this movie and the shit that that's in it, like a lot of like the hiding drugs into bodies and the <laughs> decapitations and blood... Like, he really goes for some fucking gruesome imagery in this otherwise trying-to-be-light action comedy. I mentioned this when we were talking about Six Underground. He, he when he chooses to do violence, man, he really goes all out. He doesn't really hold back. He can, he's capable of some pretty gruesome stuff, which it's too bad he's not a better filmmaker, <laughs> like, honestly. Uh, update on Rat Sexgate. Uh <laughs> So there is a theory online, and I'm trying to see what this webpage is. Uh, I, fuck it, I don't, I'm not even going to read it. Uh, there's a theory online that the rats were real, and they were manipulating the floor beneath to give the impression of them thrusting. <laughs> Wait, say that again. There is. So it. I don't. 
this guy doesn't have a source, but it is believed to say that the rats were indeed real, but someone may have been manipulating the floorboards underneath to give the rats the impression that they were thrusting. I'm picturing that rat trainer, like, puzzling that night before the shoot. Like, how am I going to fucking pull this off? What am I going to do? He wants them in camera, real rats banging. I can't do this. And then he's just, like, oh, fucking with them go. on some floorboards, gets it to work. <laughs> this website is humanehollywood.org. <laughs> oh! Each trainer held a syringe full of food up to the rats and let them eat while in position before the camera rolled. When the camera began to roll, each trainer took the syringe of food away and stood off camera, and the rats remained in the position that they set them up for a few moments before they lost interest and began to wander away to the trainer standing off camera. After each of these scenes were filmed and the camera stopped rolling, the actors and camera crew remained still until the trainers retrieved both of the furry co-stars. Brandon, confirmed, those were real rats. (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) Now, the real question is, was he hard? No, they were, they just positioned them and and (laughs) simulated the rat sex. sex. That's even more impressive than real rat sex. You know what? (laughs) I... I hats off. <laughs> that is fucking amazing. I oh my gosh, Michael, Michael Bay might be a good filmmaker. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad we stopped the podcast dead in its tracks to fucking figure out. I'm glad we're not putting out I any mean, this, fake news. In the, there's enough of it out this there. This is the kind of coverage you're going to get on Nostalgia Be Damned. Were the rats that were fucking in Bad Boys to real rats? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. HumaneHollywood.org. So Mike and Marcus, they get made by Tapia's guys in the mansion. They're forced to escape. Back at the precinct, they discover Tapia's been knocking off Russian mob bosses to seemingly take over the entire operation. Like I mentioned earlier, somehow that shredded paper was then put together that leads them to the owner of a boat in the photo, who was one of the KKK members they previously busted. I guess that's how it's all connected. And uh, the only other thing is they also hear Sid's voice on the wires that they had planted. Sid convinces Tapia to go into business together, and Mike and Marcus fill Sid in on what they've discovered. So now they're kind of working together, and they're hoping that they have an in with Tapia. She's now become the head of distribution for his laundering scheme. Oh, fuck. So this is where Michael Shannon returns to the fold. He's Floyd Petit, I think his name is. Anyway, Floyd, good old Floyd. They head off to prison to find him. They pull him out to find Tapia's boat in the photo. And this is where I was talking about that scene earlier. That night, Mike and Sid come clean to Marcus, tell him that they've been seeing each other. And all the, while this is going down, the drop, the drug drop's happening, so they watch the boat right off to the sunset, presumably so to Tapia's like, man. It's so stupid. I know, it's super fucking convoluted. It's just a dense-ass movie, needlessly so, because we just don't need this. What we're there for is Will Smith and Martin Lawrence having fucking fun. I don't need all this shit. We could have gotten to all the conclusions of this movie in, like, two steps. Like, we didn't need to drag Michael Shannon back into this movie. We didn't need to have four fucking car chases and them, you know, putting what... Because eventually they don't read... They get, like, maybe one piece of information from tapping the house. And they got a fucking boat photo, yeah. Again, we hate to keep harping on this, but this could have been a 90-minute movie. 
So they're they're trying to track the van where that's going because that has the coffins inside of it. They Jack Michael Bay. This is his little cameo here. There's the whole cameo with him and then Dan Marino who's out test driving a car. They steal. Oh, Dan Marino definitely should buy this car. Uh, there's another little car chase here. <laughs> Miami. We're in yeah, Miami. You know it. Michael Shannon's in the trunk, and uh, there's a very tasteful scene in which some dead human bodies set for cremation are then hurled out of the back of a van to stop the cops behind them. Cars are running over bodies. Heads are falling off, tumbling down the street. It's uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> Dude, I love how at the end of all these chases, too, like it, they they get away um, <laughs> and they and they crash a car. Um, they've left in like the last two days an absolute trail of fucking utter destruction. They've blown up a million cars. There's been explosions on the highway. They've run into buildings. They've been in several shootouts in the middle of crowded downtown Miami. And like all Joe Pantoliano's character comes up and he's like, I can't believe you guys did this again. Like, you know, these guys got put on administrative leave like last week, probably in real life. Like, why are these guys allowed to fucking carry badges? Yeah, <laughs> this is all, nuts. All they've, all they've got are two bags of ecstasy. You know, they're <laughs> detectives. Like, they, <laughs> like they, don't, they don't need to be doing any of this. After this little car chase that leads to a foot chase onto a subway in which, you know, Marcus is hanging off the side a la Spider-Man 2. There's like a fist fight with the subject and he's thrown on the rails and killed by the train. So once again... They're the guy that they needed information for, they murdered in cold blood. Uh, how can they just not? How can they not get one fucking witness? Yep. How, and how therefore, once again, one? Captain Howard is furious <sighs> at their incompetence, but not furious enough to fire him. <laughs> it's more just like a "You guys are making my life a fucking living hell." At the very least, they get put on paid administrative leave. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. Two like, weeks hey, with pay. You've killed several people in the last few days and caused millions, millions. of dollars of destruction. <laughs> Why don't you take tomorrow off? They do realize that though that the corpses thrown from the truck, they're all empty, all hollowed out. So maybe the bodies have been used to smuggle some drugs inside. Marcus, though, at this point tells him he's kind of fucking done with all this bullshit. He's transferring. Done with him. Mike comes over to uh, basically apologize, and this is where we... This is... I, you know what? This is my favorite part of the movie. I'm going to go and say it right now. This is the best part of this movie. This is so funny it, because it just on, is. online, this scene in particular has developed quite the reputation for being uh, everything that's wrong with Michael Bay. They say this is a very problematic scene <laughs> in how it's handled. And uh, Don't get me wrong. It is. Um, and, and like... It, the fact that it's, again, this goes back to what we were saying in the video store earlier. The fact that it's Michael Bay is problematic. <laughs> but but this scene is funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Marcus's daughter is about to go out on a date. And they're, he, the, the, the date, Reggie, he's coming over for the first time to ask Megan out. And Marcus and Mike both just fucking obliterate this kid. Just berate him to no end. They point guns in his face. They they basically threaten to rape him at one point. Like, have you ever had sex with a man? No, you want to. I, dude, <laughs> I, like, I, I might get canceled for this, but I don't care. It's fucking so funny, <laughs> dude. It, it's funny. No, I, I will can... admit that... 
yeah, well, it's a lot of that. It's the kid's facial, like his his face in general. I love his reactions. Like he's trying not to like cry. You can tell he's also just trying not to shit his pants. It's a really great back and forth. And yeah, Will Smith's funny when he's trying to do this really hard edged dumb guy. When Will Smith, yeah, when Will Smith, when Will Smith chimes in, I lose it. It's it's funny. Like, this might entice you to see the third one, Reggie does come back one scene but reggie is dude i will not joke like people were having fun throughout the movie there was no bigger cheer moment than when reggie pops up for a solid 20 seconds everyone's like reggie (laughs) i'm losing it that's so fucking great no way (laughs) oh man almost worth almost worth the trip to the cinemas almost i mean you know what after the reviews i've got theories on why this movie did well and it all starts and ends with the director (laughs) (laughs) anyway so uh they decide to go undercover as ambulance drivers to the mortuary they get inside they start sifting through the bodies and what's a pretty disturbing scene and then of course because michael bay's shooting this we also have to throw in some like weird necrophilia like gross male gaze at a topless dead woman like there's this whole like oh god this is fucking disturbing this is so fucked up Oh, and my, and yeah, Marcus has to go like sifting inside of a body. They're pulling out. They're trying to find like bags. And, and luckily, thank God they do because Jesus Christ. No, we didn't need this scene. We didn't need this. <laughs> finally, but finally, a successful mission. They find some ecstasy. They find some money. Again, giant breasts, tops of skulls falling off. It's very tasteful. Martin Lawrence takes uh, two pills of ecstasy. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing. I'm fucking Michael Bay was racking his brain. How do we elevate this scene? How do I turn this from 10 to 11? Let's fucking put him on ecstasy, man. And the way they do this... I, <laughs> they might as well have just accidentally thrown the ecstasy pills up his ass or something. He, like, the, yeah. the, the fucking contrivance of him accidentally, like... Yeah, I think he, like, throws him the bag of ecstasy and, like, two pills slip out or something like that. Oh, yes, that's right. And then he catches it, and somehow there's a hole enough in the bag that two ecstasy pills fly out and into the cup. Despite the fact that Martin Lawrence, this entire scene has been like, this place is disgusting. I want to get the fuck out of here. I hate this place. But no, I'm going to use a yeah, cup that's just a sitting on the counter. in here and <laughs> yeah. drink some of this water. Drinks it, and then, yeah, here we go. We needed this scene because we need another. Tw- this scene literally goes on way too long. It's like 15 minutes long of them going to the captain's house to prove that, you know, they've actually got some evidence every fucking scene in this movie is five minutes too long or 10 it's nuts he like the pacing of this movie is absurd i failed to mention and i guess it's worth mentioning the team they crash an ambulance into the mortuary as a distraction and i i just mentioned that because we both know that mike and marcus are tight they're best friends they're brothers they're bad boys Mm -hmm. Why are all of these other police officers in a few scenes in a few scenes here? Why are they willing to just like put their entire jobs on the line for these two fuck ups every time? Like for life, the amount of trust that they have from all these different agencies. Just these. It seems like a problematic thing in the Miami PD, though, because even before they crashed the ambulance was that they were having this back and forth. Like, I'm not going to do it, man. I've got two strikes on my record already. Is this like some inherent problem? The Miami PD has that all its detectives are very super irresponsible. They're all on the brink of being fired. Yeah, I want to see their little side hustle, their Fast and Furious a la Bad Boys movie type thing that's going oh on beside you. F90? There's, oh, dude. Oh my god. I kind of wanted to spend the next hour talking about John Cena and Vin Diesel. <laughs> nah, that's okay. Being brothers, good lord. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip it. <laughs> ah, shit. 
so yeah, Marcus unknowingly ingests the X, and uh, yeah, they, they go back to the captain's house. There's this whole bit where they're trying to show him the evidence, but Marcus is, you know, getting in the shower. His dick's starting to work again, so he wants to rush home to have sex with his wife for the first time in forever. Oh, yeah, we forgot. Did we ever mention that his yeah, dick's not working? Yeah, we haven't. They movie? also mentioned in that little scene uh, in the Best Buy where he's like, oh, I can't get it up anymore, all this stuff, and you know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Will Smith's got a giant six foot long dick and Marcus, you know, Martin Lawrence, his dick's not working right now. His dick's, his dick's tiny and flat. Yes. So you get it. They're an odd couple. It's, it's the funniest fucking movie ever made (laughs) is essentially what it comes down to. So the mortuary is raided after, you know, there's some actual hard evidence. They've got money. They've got cash from the bodies. So... I guess a fucking warrant's drawn up. I don't know how this stuff works this quickly. Regardless, the mortuary's raided. Tapia's mansion is raided. Uh, and Peter Stormare, you know, his whole team was taken out earlier by, I think, Tapia's guys, right? Yeah, so he shows up drunk. Yep, he shows up drunk. I can't remember if his guys are taken out by Tapia's guys or, or if that's also the DEA and that part of that whole siege there. I can't remember. Tapia, the big thing of note is that uh, Tapia killed his partner or his, yes. you know, his commandant. So uh, he get, he gets drunk and goes to shoot up, which complicates it for like literally two seconds until the DEA kills him. It makes no fucking difference in this in this scene whatsoever. Sure. And the police, they raid the compound. Sid is kidnapped by Tapia and taken to fucking Cuba as collateral. Because of course we oh, have to go shit. to fucking Cuba. God, this is... <laughs> Yeah, and this is where we get the signature, you know, he picks up the phone, the camera's whizzing him around them both as they stand in slow motion in a 360 shot. Shit just got real. Shit just got real, dude. But, I mean, Brandon, nothing gets as real or quite as unreal as the next 20 minutes of this movie. (laughs) Well, Zach, as you know, the United States doesn't negotiate with terrorists. I need to go back and find how we were how we were texting about this scene because when I saw this scene, I had to text you and be like, "What the actual fuck is uh, happening in this movie?" It's baffling how crazy. So the U.S. refuses to step foot on foreign soil, so the bad boys are on their own, or are they? They ride together, they die together. They've also got a fucking giant ass posse of of what X. So it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of Miami PD and I think rogue members of the DEA and <laughs> X Delta Force spies, uh, the Coast Guard. <laughs> I mean, Brandon, what we're essentially talking about because they won't like the the police force their official stances. We're not going to Cuba, but Joe Pantoliano like. It, it bl- turns a turns a blind eye to them, basically starting their own little militia of fucking all these rogue cops who are it's who are gonna go dude. commit treason. They're gonna go commit treason. Like, let's fucking be honest about this. To save one, to save one undercover DEA cop, and I'm not trying to undermine the idea of one human being's life. But just, like, let's use our brains for five seconds. Let's not, like, every fucking tatted bearded dude in Miami has to, like, squat up. But they do, man. All these fucking volunteers, (laughs) weekend warriors, decide let's do this. They start a fucking army. (laughs) It's insane. They head to Cuba. They get out and they get a a hotel right next to, like, literally across the street from Tapia's compound, I guess, there. 
And the way they raid this place, holy shit, man. They kill with such disregard for human life. Fucking, like, just like Jason Voorhees would be like, you guys need to chill. They just use taxpayer dollars to murder people in Cuba. Mercilessly. They they storm the compound. They kill everyone there. They, they do not kill his daughter or his mother, Johnny Tapia, but everyone else. I mean, like... Oh, but they beat the shit Private out of them. Ryan Leffel. Yes, they do. They get a few punch in, punches in. But saving Private at Ryan level explosions people's limbs getting blown off like holy fuck and you th- and you're thinking well at least they only keep it to like one drug dealer's compound no dude they go through a shanty town <laughs> they fucking just like ruin people's lives they just they go through like people's one thing the one thing that they have in their life they're sheltered they fucking destroy it with hummers dude Fuck yeah, Michael Bay. <laughs> this looks almost so ridiculous that you're thinking to yourself, this has to be like a model. There's no way they actually built all this shit and then destroyed it with these Hummers. These Hummers are coming down these hills. It's like the beginning of fucking one of the, the Fast Five or or the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. And it's like those like long shots over the miles of people's homes with like the fucking tin roofs. And you're thinking like, Hummers are literally decimating, just running through, no brakes, no checking to see if people are inside anything. They're murdered. They must have murdered at least oh, dozens I can, of people. I can only, I can only imagine dozens have died. Like it, women, children, men, doesn't matter. Like they've killed so many fucking people. What? Because one guy sold a little X. <laughs> he just wanted to party, man. He just wanted people to party. Yeah, man. Like, uh... And it's worth fucking bombs and missiles and bullets and everything in between. I just... And, like, it ends... Because they've killed... I, we haven't even talked about the civilian casualties. They're also just murdering large swaths of the Cuban military. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Cuban military shows up. He goes, he's got the Cuban military in his back pocket. What? Because you are, at this point, foreign intruders on their soil wreaking havoc. You are terrorists. Yeah, like, honestly, they have every reason to kill you. You came in with the might of the U.S. military. Who are these guys? Are people paying you to do this? Started blowing people up. Yeah, the military came after you. Fuck you. The mansion also explodes, by the way. We didn't get it. That is a fucking massive explosion, too. Oh, does it? And yeah, this whole race, like we had mentioned, plowing through the houses, destroying an entire village, that's their race to Guantanamo Bay, because that is basically, they they treat that as like home base, like that's our safe zone, once we get there, it's all good. That's American fucking soil, baby. That's right, so it all ends just outside the U.S. Naval Station, where the government, the U.S. government, is shooting at everyone, (laughs) they're like warning them, do not come across this fucking line, we will kill you, they're screaming back, you know, we're Americans, I pay my motherfucking taxes, and uh, yeah, (laughs) I will say this little standoff, despite it being ridiculous, it, in no in no circumstance would the U.S. government just stand idly by while three people attempted to like murder each other, right? Like feet away. I don't think that would happen. And let's not pretend like you can get fi- within five feet of Guantanamo Bay without a sniper's bullet in your fucking skull. <laughs> oh yeah, George W. has got that locked up tight. Yeah, you are fucking dead within. <laughs> coming a hundred yards of yeah, that just place. because Harold and Kumar did it don't think you can do yeah it. don't think that you can get away with going up to Guantanamo Bay you've been dead long before you got up to the minefield around and I was it. gonna say because this all takes place yeah in that minefield so they're surrounded by mines and I mean luckily Sid's a fucking sharpshooter an ace shot she throws her gun because Tapia demands it put it on the ground she throws it on the mine it lands right next to him and what i dude this is a great badass shot where 
the mine springs up from the ground and in slow motion, you know, it does some circles and explodes basically chest level with him. He goes like yeah. flying. <laughs> don't they shoot him too? Don't it doesn't like because there's he's still alive. Well, on the because ground, one, right? I think I think one of the guys gets blown up by a mine. His like right hand man. Oh yes, I'm sorry, that's not Tapia. And then yes, and yes. then Tapia's got um, Will Smith right dead. To Will rights. Smith, yeah, because it's a, it's a reversal of the KKK rally. Um, this time Martin Lawrence gets to shoot the bad guy and instead of shooting Will Smith in the ass, kill shot, uh, he, yeah, he fucking puts one right in between Tapia's eyes. And then Tapia falls down, lands on some mines and then we get one last and little his blow body up, yeah. explodes. That's yeah, how you God shoot. God forbid. From now on, that's how you shoot. And, uh, I mean, that essentially ends the movie. They, you know, Will Smith and, uh, and Gabrielle Union kiss and uh we fast forward to them chilling in a pool at the back of their house they get embarrassed everybody laughs at them uh who fucking cares bad boys too that's the end of the yeah <laughs> well well it's an interesting note to go out on because i i wonder if they shot that last bit as like a test screening audiences found it really poor way to end the movie because if it's just with them on the minefield martin lawrence just killed the villain of the movie and will smith's like oh as soon as i get a new partner he's better he's gonna shoot like that like i can't wait to get rid of you type of thing and then he just walks over and kisses his sister and then that's how it ends like are they friends still <laughs> like <laughs> well you know i just it's weird because we go through we harped on their bad you know the the fact that they're just bickering the whole time yeah and it feels like they were trying to end on that note of like you know on the kiss and it, you're right it must have just tested poorly because that's such a shitty way to end the movie <laughs> exactly that's like there's such no payoff yeah they're for their not, friendship you've been waiting for them to finally be wait, like they've oh, been, you know i love yeah, they've you been bad boys arguing the whole time for them to like eventually just be like yeah, we don't really resolve our issues. Like, what a shitty fucking way to end the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe they come to that realization a bit earlier, which is what spurs them on to go to Cuba in the first place. But I, guess. I don't know. It seems like a, a, a shitty way to end it, which is why I'm glad we get this, yes, callback scene. They're both in the pool, having some fun, having some laughs. The dog rips the fucking side of the pool open, and they float out to sea, singing the Bad Boys song, as the sun literally sets behind them. Uh, Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2, we get a little shake your tail feather for the sixth or seventh time. Um... Um, what'd you think, Zach? I I mean, I think we've said it all at this point, man. This movie is a fucking mess. It, it, like, it, it's just a bummer because it feels so wasted to have Martin Lawrence and Will Smith on the screen together because their chemistry is great and they're two really funny guys given the right material. And on occasion, that shows when they do have the right scenes uh, to really flex you know, this odd couple thing that they're doing, but it's just wasted on just bad writing, uh, a stupid plot, a convoluted plot that goes on for way too long in between what essentially amounts to half hour action shots. I, this movie's just a fucking drag. It sucks. It just sucks. I, you know what? I've never said it out loud, I think, but I can honestly tell you if I'm ranking my bottom three directors, Michael Bay is probably number two right behind Troy Duffy. Like he's, he's fucking like he has maybe one or two movies that I enjoy. Everything else is fucking garbage. This movie sucks. It's I, like, I can't even find nice things really to say about it that don't involve Will Smith and Martin Lawrence being good. Cause that's it. He shoots a couple of good action sequences. He fucks that up. You know, he's got two good actors with good chemistry. He fucks that up. He's got a, mo a franchise that people for some reason are invested in and he fucks it up. He's a bad, he's a bad director. He's gotten me pissed off. Fuck Michael Bay. 
fuck this movie. Uh, 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 15. It's garbage. A 15? Wow, dude. Such venom. Yeah. (laughs) And well, it pisses me off, man, because this movie could have been good. It just could have been so good. And it's fucked up by one guy's ego. Because he thinks he's, like, making this fucking awesome badass movie. And it's offensive. It's, like... It just sucks. There's nothing good about it. It could be like a great action cop tr- cop buddy comedy, and it just blows. That's why uh, it's good to say that they righted the wrongs for, for number three. They got rid of Bay. They got new directors. I will say that the third one is without the offensive stuff. That's not to say that they're not crude and crass and vulgar, because that's the of bad course. boys. They're hard R. They're, you know, they're swearing the whole thing, right. but they're not offensive. They're not misogynistic. I really feel like they've... They've mastered what people like about these two characters. And honestly, again, the storyline, it's its kind of typical with, the, with this franchise. It's a bit convoluted. Not necessarily this fucking batshit crazy. It's not two and a half hours long, thank God. So they take some of that shit out. I, and, and honestly, the, the action is edited more coherently. And so I will say that the third one, by far, is the best one in the series. I would say... I'd put the first one at probably like a, a 60. I think it's a solid action movie. I'd put it t- sure. just tipped into the fresh category. This one here, <laughs> there is a lot of racist, misogynistic, homophobic behavior that, yeah, just doesn't hold up under scrutiny. That being said, there are still some like guilty pleasure scenes in which I do find some entertainment, find some laughs, and that's largely because of the chemistry between Lawrence and Smith. I, I think they elevate this to, to a certain degree. Without them, I feel like this movie's almost unwatchable. For the few action sequences that I do think are pretty kind of kick-ass, that, that car chase in the beginning, and some of this final act, again, in just scenes, if you had just seen a scene of this, the three, four, five-minute clip, are really solid bits of action, but yeah, it's far too long, far too dumb, and just way too dense and convoluted for its own good. So I will, I, I don't think it's a 15 bad. I'll give it a 35. I'll give it a 35. I think it's watchable <laughs> for the two stars alone, and if you want to see this done well, honestly, watch Bad Boys for Life. It's not the best action movie probably of this year. I'm sure we'll get better. It's honestly not even the best movie of this year so far. I think Guy Ritchie's The uh, Gentleman and, honestly, Birds of Prey I kind of liked a little better. Uh, but that being said, check that one out. This one you really can skip. For nostalgia's sake, there's really nothing about this movie that reeks of the early 2000s other than its soundtrack and the, the homophobia. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, and it's funny because we always talk about how, you know, maybe sometimes the nostalgia elevates the movie. I think, honestly, this rewatch ruined this movie for me. I was perfectly fine, like, living my life thinking that Bad Boys 2 was, like, an okay movie, not a great movie. But rewatching this, I, it really, it screws this movie up for me. I can't believe how bad this movie is. <laughs> you, you really feel bad about uh, watching it so many times back in the day. I kind of do, yeah. Like, I wasted a day watching <laughs> Bad Boys <laughs> Bad Boys 2. Um, I'm glad to hear that about the third one, though, because you know, there's... I think what makes me so angry about this, whereas, you know, if this was just a bad... If this was, like, just a shitty action movie and was like, oh, this is bad, I probably wouldn't care so much. But the problem is there's so much good potential in this franchise. Like, I, I wish they had gotten rid of Bay so much long ago because we could have had five of these. Yeah. that are just, And they could have been good, but... Bay screws everything up, man. Just everything about this, I can just pinpoint back to this was a mistake that he made. And that's it's a shame because I I am a huge 
proponent and supporter of hard R rated action movies. I feel like a lot of them are far too watered down to just appeal to a mainstream audience. And so I like when they mm-hmm. go a little over the top and a little like harder edged. But this this yeah. is one of those like like a Deadpool, I guess, kind of gets it right. But then you look at something <laughs> like this where it's just like needlessly crass and vulgar. But I'm glad that they they got it right in the third one. And I honestly, if they do make one after that, if they can keep what they had going for the third one, I, I'm willing to see another one. I, man, I just don't know. I mean, like we don't need it. <laughs> I and I was gonna say, and you haven't, and you've seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I just from looking at the trailers, you honestly want to look at Martin Lawrence and tell me that they want to keep fucking doing this. Like that's why I wonder I'm, if maybe he'll become just like the curmudgeonly sidekick that they go to for like weapons, like advice or something at some point. Yeah, <laughs> like one or two scenes throughout the next one if they decide I, to like keep it's, going. And like looking at looking at him in those trailers reminds me of that scene in The Irishman where De Niro is like clearly doing fake old man beating up a young guy. <laughs> Like, it's just like, he's getting to a point where it's like, which is again, why I wish they had ditched Bay like years and years ago when these two guys were still kind of at the height of their power, because that would have been fucking awesome. Now I don't know how much, like, I literally feel like this franchise has run out of time. I also don't, I can't wrap my mind around why Bay hasn't done a Fast and Furious movie. It just makes no sense to me. They align so That's crazy. (laughs) Probably not. Well, anyway, we've spent a day of our lives watching Bad Boys 2. Let's not spend another minute talking about it. Uh, Before we get into next week's movie, anything you watched uh, over the last couple weeks that you want to recommend or not recommend? Uh, I have been traveling a lot, so I haven't had a chance to go to the movie theaters. (laughs) Um, I have been watching a lot of Netflix, though. Um, I can tell you that a show that I really recommend, uh, Schitt's Creek, is on Netflix. Uh, it's funny. I like it. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it's it's watchable. Uh, also, what was the show that I've been watching on HBO? The Outsider? No, I haven't been watching The Outsider. I heard that's great, though. I, Watchmen? Watchmen's fantastic. Watchmen is really good. I can recommend Watchmen. Uh, also, I, I mentioned it when it came out, but it's on Hulu now. It just dropped on Hulu today. Mr. America, the... Uh, the on the on cinema movie oh, yeah. is fucking it's so good man i love it and i i watched the on cinema oscar special instead of watching the actual oscars as i have started to do every year but dude parasite one that's pretty fucking parasite one yeah i'll re-recommend parasite because parasite is that good people wondering who haven't seen it is parasite really that good it is it's fucking incredible yeah honey boy by the way is also on amazon prime that just started streaming. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's good check that out yeah. uh the ones i watch so I watched Raising Arizona for the first time ever. I'd never seen mm-hmm. that movie. Pretty solid Coen Brothers. Not not one of my favorites, but it's but it's a pretty damn good movie. I do like that movie. Yeah, yeah some great Nick Cage. Uh, also watched The Clove Hitch Killer, which was like a serial killer movie with Dylan. Fuck, I always do this. It's not. It's Dylan McDermott, not Dermot Mulroney. Uh, <laughs> you should watch it. It's pretty decent. Again, kind of slow moving, but a good character piece. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. Mm. I saw that. How was that? Shitty, you know, right? Yeah, it's not very good. It's just too slow yeah. and kind of needlessly, like, like pointlessly pretentious, it seems, at times. Really good shots. Like, some of these fucking shots could be paintings, but honestly, it's kind of a dull watch. That's interesting. That's not the criticism I would have had going into that movie. The kid actor, not the girl from It, Sophia Lillis, but the the one who plays Hansel. I, I, you can tell sometimes when kids don't know what they're saying and they're just reciting lines. Like, this kid's really bad. Yeah. Um and I saw Birds of Prey, like I had mentioned earlier. Honestly, I, I dug it. I thought it was kind of fun. Ewan McGregor is, is, Heard it's good. is uh, pretty yeah. fun in it. And uh, yeah, again, nothing 
nothing too great, but it's better than Suicide Squad, that's for sure. And lastly, the last yeah. fir- movie I watched for the first time, and I wanted to bring this up because I didn't know if you've actually seen it or not. Uh, the Master of Disguise. Zach. I've seen The Master of Disguise. And in fact, Brandon, I don't know if you know this, I've actually recommended we do The Master of Disguise on this podcast, but we've but we've agreed that it's probably too terrible for <laughs> the just... podcast. Like, we just, it, like, it's almost too easy. It's low-hanging fruit for this podcast. It has, yeah, it has a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, that it's movie widely considered so one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Angry fucking furious watching which is movie. why we which is why we haven't done it because it is just it's too easy to be like no this movie's terrible like everybody knows it's terrible it's one of the worst movies ever made i do remember watching that movie oh but it was a classic hate watch so gotta get those in when i can good for you man speaking of which who maybe maybe not we're uh, venturing to the year of 2001 for next year's movie uh we wanted to go comedy so we're, tr- we're treading back into the world of male modeling for ben stiller's magnum opus <laughs> zoolander dude you know what man i have a suspicion this movie holds up i really do i, think. I what about the second one uh no let's not talk did you did you see the second i one? saw half the second one and turned it off i'm not gonna dude, it's fucking i didn't bad. i could and not i, I could not abide the second one but the first movie uh i'm really curious to see because this is really a movie i think that is made for this podcast because it was a pop culture phenomenon when it came out yeah like people referencing this movie left and right everybody had seen zoolander you made fun of your friends that hadn't seen zoolander and it it, it I genuinely, I haven't seen it in so long. I don't know if it holds up. It could suck. It could absolutely suck. But I have this feeling that it might not. I hope it doesn't. I, this was one that, when it first came out in 2001, I remember it came out right around or after 9-11, and so didn't light the box office on fire. But by 2005, this movie had developed a huge like audience on vhs dvd like home video cable runs oh and i didn't see it until it was out on black in blockbuster exactly yeah by mid-2000s people were quoting this shit left and right and i do think for nostalgia's sake this is a fucking perfect time capsule of a movie that will really represent 2001 in america so uh eager to check that one out i'm actually you know what it's not often i get to say i'm excited to watch a movie when we do this podcast (laughs) i am genuinely excited to go back and rewatch zoolander i I you know what I think there's going to be some good parts in it and some parts that we really really don't like (laughs) well uh check the feed next week when we hopefully drop that episode again we apologize for the hiatus but as long as the laptops are working and Zach's not traveling we're good to go Mm -hmm. uh check us out anywhere you find podcasts that's itunes we're on spotify now right yeah dude we graduated fuck yeah big boy pants we graduated we're put on our big boy pants we're on spotify now so itunes spotify uh google podcast probably a bunch of other podcasts i don't even know <laughs> it's anymore, out there man. you'll find us it's available if you can't fucking listen to us you're not trying <laughs> You can also send us an email at nostalgiabedampod at gmail.com. You do not have to write us in about the rat sex. We did confirm that on this episode, so no, I don't I don't need a bunch of rat sex and, emails coming in. I mean, honestly, but go, if you want to shoot us yeah, an at rat sex email, yeah, shoot, yeah. Us an, <laughs> shoot us an email about it anyway. Um, also, uh, ask Brandon, uh, you know, how else has Bad Boys 2 shaped his love of film and <laughs> inspired him to become a filmmaker i moved to los angeles because of uh bad boys too because of bad boys too yeah i I decided to pursue a life of filmmaking because of bad boys too 
Oof, my goof. Ah, shit. We're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to shoot us a message there as well. Also be on the lookout, Zach. I actually didn't tell you this because I just found out today. uh, We're going to be doing a uh, Friday the 13th retrospective with the Thrill Me Guys. Pretty soon. Doing another one of those. So it's a good chance for us to go, you know, get out of the nostalgia be damn format and touch on some other movies. But yeah, those guys are always cool too. So feel free to subscribe and like them because they're good friends of the show. Thrill Me Podcast. I know what you're doing, Thrill Me, guys. You're trying to take Brandon away from me, and it's not See it, No, <laughs> shut like, No, you keep your mouth shut, Brandon. Him, yeah. You could, you, you, yeah, I'm taking him down. You guys are done. <laughs> I'm coming after you. I'm flying to Australia. You can't Zach, take Brandon Zach, away from me. you know we're bad boys. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. Who, if I, by the way, if I did the shake your tail feather bit, this is where it would be at, but from now on, we're going royalty-free. We have our actual track that you heard in the beginning i took all my lyrics that i wrote out and it's just a clip of the movie nice track zach so this will be the first time you're actually hearing it i haven't heard this no one (laughs) yep no one will ever hear (laughs) the version i sent you previously uh not not a singer on my end but honestly i like what we're doing it's a good little theme but we we got the actual track it's ours all right send me money no copyright infringement anymore send me send me money and i will send you brandon singing i'll I'll do it i don't care (laughs) Don't no, do send it, me do money, that. send me money. Have a good night. Peace. <laughs>